Hello and welcome back to the Grace-Fueled Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, and here we are, episode number 135 of the Grace-Fueled Wife Podcast. And this week, I'm going to be giving you five rules for fair fighting. Now, this is going to be a five-part series. So this one is going to be part one because I have 25 rules for you guys for fair fighting. But in the interest of time, we're going to take things a little bit at a time. So let's jump right in. I'm really excited to get into this topic for you. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at The Grace Field Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right, guys. So here we are straight out of the handbook for marriage and family therapists is a little bit of how we are learning to fight fair. And I wanted to make sure that I'm passing along that information to you because honestly, although we may want to stop fighting with our husbands. I get it. Sometimes the conflict and the fighting is actually helpful. At least if we're fighting, it shows that we care enough about each other to fight. The famous writer and Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel says that the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. So the point being that if we're fighting, it means that there's passion and love there. And it may be a little bit dis. Police. So once we learn to fight fair, we can then start to have constructive disagreements, constructive conversations, things where, you know, we're not always going to agree on every little thing. But once we learn to go through these next few steps, we will start to fight less and we will start to feel more confident and capable in making our requests known and making our needs known because let me guess maybe a lot of reasons why you might be afraid to uh, express your needs to your husband is that either a you feel you're going to make him feel bad or b you feel like it's going to cause a fight and you just don't want to be bothered like you don't want to get into the fight you don't have time you know you have so much going on or you just don't want that for your marriage so by learning these fair fighting strategies, you will be able to be so much better, not only for yourself, but your marriage and your family as a whole. All right. So number one, we are going to choose our battles wisely. 
a couple of verses from the Bible here. I have fought the good fight, and that's from 2 Timothy 4, 7. And another, I love this one. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And that is Luke 10, 41 through 42. And the idea is, is this really worth fighting for? This thing that you're upset about? Is it really worth fighting for? And sometimes it's not so much that it's worth fighting for, but you're upset about it because you have been holding on to anger and resentment over something else. And maybe this last thing that you're fighting for was just the trigger, the thing that just set you off. But ultimately, it's not the real issue that we should be focusing on. Here's the thing. While we don't want to pick at every little thing and nitpick and fight about every little thing, there are going to be some things that even though they're small, we should say something about and we should open up and voice our opinion and speak out loud about because if we just take those and stuff them down, they will come back and resurface in the future. Now, I might have just given you this, you know, pick your battles. And you might be saying to me, yeah, I know I pick my battles. That's why I don't argue with him because I just don't want to be bothered. I'd rather not. And so instead I say nothing. That is the opposite of what we want to do because there are going to be things that you're going to want to talk about. Now, how do you know the difference? How do you know when you're being nitpicky or you're asking or talking about something or bringing up something that is actually really important? Here's the test for you. If it is something that you cannot forgive and forget, meaning if it's something that you're not going to bring up again or use as fuel for like a future argument, you're not going to be like, well, two weeks ago when you said this or three weeks ago when you left the toilet seat up or whatever it is, those are the things that you're going to want to bring up. And here's why. Because if you don't address those small slights or grievances, they will start to build up and start to cause resentment. And that is certainly not something we want. So that's number one. Choose your battles wisely. Number two, don't misinterpret silence. The Bible says, even in laughter, the heart may ache. And that's Proverbs 14, 26. The idea here is not to assume that silence after an argument means that everything is better or that is resolved or there's been some sort of forgiveness. Silent might just be someone else's misuse of anger. They may just be giving you the silent treatment. Sometimes there is no other way for them. Maybe they don't want to say something mean or angry and so they stay silent, but that does not mean that the discussion is over. That doesn't mean that everything is okay. It just means that the person is taking some time to themselves. So if there is silence after an argument or silence during an argument, we need to dig in a little deeper. With this, it's also going to be important for you to take into account your husband's personality type. He might be an introvert, which is the type of person who's going to have to think about things before he says them. So just make sure that if that's the case, you're honoring uh, what he might need as a person, but also understanding that this might be something you have to come back to. This is also going to be important to think about because you might be inclined, especially if you're an extrovert, you might be inclined to think that the silence is being directed to you almost like an attack. 
meaning the silent treatment, when it might be just the opposite. It might just be like I talked about, perhaps your husband or this other person is trying to organize their thoughts and they're trying to make sure that they can say something clearly, effectively, maybe something without hurting. So the idea is just don't misinterpret the silence. Understand what is it about and what does that mean for you and the thing that you're discussing. Number three, we're going to identify and focus. And here the Bible says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And that's Genesis 4, 5. So really, what's the bottom line here? What is the thing that we're upset about? What are we fighting about? Let's identify the issue, the hurt feelings that are associated with that issue. And then maybe if one or more issues are identified, we're going to choose one to discuss first and stay focused on that until it is resolved. So a lot of times when we fight, we might just misunderstand the original issue completely or we might understand it, but then, you know, after a while, like drift in our thoughts without realizing it and go off to something else. If you're like me, I do this all the time. I'm just, I'm that person that I'm thinking about 10 things at once. And so even though there may be one issue on the table, I might be like thinking about other things, but that's not what we want to do. Part of fighting fair means let's Think about the one thing and make the one thing the one thing, right? So we're going to take time to process. Sometimes this means taking time to process either verbally or written. For me as an extrovert, I, I need to process externally. I can't just like process in my thoughts a lot of times. And uh, so that in that case, for me, sometimes I actually have to take a step back and and give a little bit of silence. And then I'll just say, hold on, and I need to think about it, or I might take a time out and come back so that I can think about what this one issue is that we're arguing about uh, versus bringing up 10 different things that are not relevant really to the issue at hand. How many times have you seen somebody do this? this is actually something a narcissist does? Not to say I'm a narcissist. I don't do this, but uh, they they might do what's called a word salad, <laughs> which is just a bunch of words thrown together really nonsensically uh, because you raise an issue and they're trying to deflect and they just start talking on and on and on. I don't know if you know anyone or have witnessed that. I certainly have witnessed that in my life. Number four, we are going to resolve issues quickly. So I love the Bible that says, don't let the sun go down while you're so angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And that's Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. So here it is talking about, you know, try not to let a problem go 24 hours without discussing it. It remains unresolved after a week. Get outside help. I get that. You don't want to just sweep things under the rug. This goes back to the idea of addressing things as they happen and not just internalizing them and stuffing them down. It's addressing them as they happen, because then if you don't, what happens two weeks later when you went to sleep on something you were angry about five times over the past month, and then now your husband does something else, and then you blow up again? It is about making sure, kind of like a pressure cooker, that we're you know, letting the pressure out of the pressure cooker little by little so it doesn't build up and blow up. So we're going to uh, want to talk about these things at night. But if you think about all these tips in the context, so if you think about all these tips as one, you know, this is not going to be for everything, right? You're not going to just bring up everything 
before you go to bed. This is in com combination with picking your battles. So meaning if it is one of those things that's important to you, you're going to make sure you, you bring it up that night. And then certainly it shouldn't be something that you're sitting in and stewing in for a week. Like it says, if, if it goes more than a week, you should get outside help because that means that now you're sitting and you're making up stories in your head and all these things are going on. And that certainly is not going to be good for your marriage or your communication. All right, number five, last one today, initiate and talk directly. So on this one, the Bible says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him your fault just between the two of you. And that's Matthew 18, 15. Another verse says, we are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. And that's 2 Corinthians 6, 12. Essentially, what this one is talking about is that you're responsible for dealing with your own hurts. This is about boundaries. Remember, we've talked about boundaries so much on this show where, you know, boundaries is your property line. What is going on in your property line? So you're responsible for expressing your own feelings. You can't put that on somebody else. You know, we have to avoid playing the waiting game as we wait for them to make the first moves. You know, we're expecting them to be able to read our minds. How many times have I told you guys? He is not a mind reader. If something is bothering us, we need to be direct and just say it. The absolute worst thing that you can do is called triangulation, and that's triangling in a third person. So maybe it's a friend, a child, a parent, something like that, where you're like, oh, so-and-so is really just pissing me off right now. And I just can't talk to him. Maybe you could talk to him for me. In doing that, it becomes bad because that third person then becomes a substitute for talking to your spouse directly. You're putting them in the middle. And what it's doing is causing a, a rift between you and your spouse. You're breaking the intimacy there between you and your spouse. You're not connecting deeply because you're taking whatever your anger and your frustrations are and you're giving them to somebody else before approaching them directly. Now with this, we understand sometimes you might want to talk to a third party. Maybe it's a therapist or a coach or something like that because you want to be able to articulate yourself. Maybe you're really upset about something. You don't want to say something hurtful and you need some help articulating. That's different. That's not triangling in anybody. That's saying, hey, I want some help with my communication here so that I can take this and address it with my spouse directly. The problem would be if you told that third person, hey, therapist, coach, can you talk to my husband for me? Because he's being a jerk. I can't tell you how many times I've had people ask me like, hey, can I bring my husband to our one-on-one so you can talk to him? And it's like, no, that's not what we're doing here. Really, the idea is for you to learn the communication skills on your own so that you can then be implementing this on your own. The times when you would be having that conversation with a third person, let's say that is now in couples or in marriage therapy, where both you and your husband are there with the therapist, what the therapist is going to do there is facilitate the conversation for you guys or between you guys, but the therapist is not going to have the conversation for you. The therapist is going to help you along with your communication skills in that instance. Here is the last point on this one before we wrap this up. The other thing I want you to make sure and the other issue with this triangulation and triangling somebody in is gossip. 
So how many times maybe you're with your girlfriends, maybe you have a group of girlfriends and there's, you know, more than two. So maybe there's like four or five of them. And one of the girls does something that offends you. She says something kind of rude or, you know, she did something that was offensive. How many times have you gone to another girl? Maybe you're the closer one in the group and you call her up and you're like, oh, did you see what she just did? Did you see what, you know, or you're in a group chat and you, somebody says something snarky and then you go and you text your bestie outside separate from the group chat and you're like, did, was it just me? Did you just see this? And, and what you're looking to do there is get some validation or some support and some backup in that case for, from somebody else within the group. That is essentially what we're doing what we're going and we're calling in this third person. And the sad thing is that so often that third person ends up being a child. And it's actually kind of abusive to the child to do that because you're putting the child between the parents. So this is why we really don't want to call in a third person unless, uh, A, it's a trained professional who is going to either help you with your own communication for your husband or facilitate the conversation between you. Otherwise, you are just going to bring up the issue to your husband directly. I hope that makes sense. All right, so your recap for this week's five rules for fighting fair. Number one, we're going to choose our battles wisely. Number two, don't misinterpret the silence. Number three, we're going to identify and focus. Keep the main thing the main thing. Number four, we're going to resolve the issues quickly. And number five, we are going to initiate and talk directly, not to anybody else. We're going to keep it right between you and your spouse. I hope this was helpful to you guys. Jump into the Facebook group. Let me know what you thought. Talk to me. Let me hear you. We are going to be doing five parts to this series so that you will get all the tips to fair fighting. I pray this was a blessing to you. And until next week. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.